0: The Lift is created and shared for free, but there are hard costs associated with its production. To lend your support to the show, please visit support.victoriaslift.com. Supporters of the show get new episodes a few days early, and at $5 a month you'll get access to behind-the-scenes artwork and bonus audio. Support the show you love at support.victoriaslift.com.
1: Society 13
2: Podcast Network. Redefining Podcasts. Society-13.com I like to listen. (laughs) Welcome to Channel 9 of the STRY Radio Network, where stories live.
1: This is Daniel Foytek. I am one of the creators and producers of The Lift, along with my good friend, Cynthia Lohman. I do try not to do a lot of talking at the beginning of the show. I know you guys want to get to the story, so I usually try to keep most of this for the end. But I do have a couple special things to tell you about today. So I'm going to ask you to bear with me for just a few minutes. Today's episode of The Lift is actually kind of a special episode. We have a crossover with our other story podcast, The Wicked Library featuring the librarian from that show and, of course, our Victoria. If you listened to last week's episode, Nine Ways to Die, you know that Victoria kind of needs a friend right now, and that's what's going to happen in this episode. For those of you who haven't checked out the Wicked Library and don't listen to that show yet, we thought this would be a fun way to introduce you to the librarian. The Wicked Library is similar to this show in that it is a horror podcast. However, As the name would probably tell you, it's a little more wicked than this show is. We do go to some very dark places with the stories that we present on that show. We have had some pretty big names on the show like Neil Gaiman, Craig Spector, Daniel Knopf, and another big favorite at the Wicked Library, Jessica McHugh, who will have an episode of The Lift a little later this season. We also have our fan favorites who you know from this show, like Gwendolyn Keist, See Brian Brown, Aaron Vleck, K.B. Goddard, and many more. I do encourage you to check out the Wicked Library if you are a fan of horror and dark fiction. We do our best to have a wide variety of different horror there. Again, I should warn you that we do deal with some adult topics, adult situations, and that sort of thing on the Wicked Library. Now, since this is simulcast in both places... I should tell you that the big difference between what you're going to hear here today and what you would hear over at the Wicked Library is that the Wicked Library, at the end of the episode, contains an interview with the author, which is something that we always do on the Wicked Library. We interview the author after we share their story. So you get a little bit of insight into not only the inner workings of the story, but also their work in general. You can find out more information about other fiction that they create The goal and mission of the Wicked Library is similar to The Lift in that we like to work with independent horror authors and help them grow their audience and their following. For more information on today's episode, please visit the show notes at victoriaslift.com. This episode of The Lift features a custom score by John Nespazinski, our music director for season two of The Lift. Today's episode features the vocal talents of Amber Collins, Nelson W. Piles, and yours truly. The artwork for today's episode was done by John Towers. Now John has a graphic novel out on Amazon just came out recently and you can still get it in time for Christmas. If you're a fan of John's artwork which you've seen here on the lift before, I do encourage you to support his work. We always like to encourage our fans and listeners to support the work of the artists, the authors and the composers who make our job easier by giving us great stories great companion artwork to go along with it, and of course, wonderful music to help set the tone and the mood. John's graphic novel is called The Ages, and I'll just read to you from the back cover because it really tells you exactly what this is all about. The Ages begins with the shocking story of Cain and Abel and the journey of violence and revenge spanning thousands of years, following Cain through his cursed life from an ancient invasion of malicious angels to the American Revolutionary War a masterful compelling journey through time the ages delves deep into arcane knowledge myth and legend the art is stunning and the story takes you on a journey where mortals immortals angels and demons are all forced to deal with the folly that is God's creation it's a beautifully dark and gritty ride through history this four-part story follows the astrological procession of the ages and how each 2,500-year age parallels major changes in the development of Earth's inhabitants. Cain's blasphemous struggle with the divine and sacred tyrant God will create and crumble empires, shape history, and cause a cosmic cataclysm. It's a great story, beautiful artwork. I really love John's art, his storytelling, and I really hope that some of you head on over to Amazon and grab a copy of The Ages To put under the Christmas tree. Lastly, I'd like to give a big thank you to all of our patrons on Patreon for helping make this show possible. Without your support, we wouldn't be able to do it. And now, without further ado, we'll let Nelson W. Piles say hello, and then we'll go for a ride.
2: Hi, this is Nelson W. Piles, and I'm the author for today's episode of The Lift, raison d'être if you enjoy the story you can find more of my work at amazon.com simply type my name into the search engine you can find more episodes of the lift at victoriaslift.com thanks for listening
0: let's go for a ride my name is victoria i have lost so much I am bound to this place, charged with guiding those who must choose. Don't be afraid. I can never again be the little girl I was. Will you accept your fate or change I have my music box and a library lost, but I sometimes feel very alone. Won't you join me? It's time for your ride on the lift. (laughs) <laughs> be afraid.
1: There was the usual scream of terror Mixed, perhaps, with a little shame The sound echoed through the hallways The scream held promise, though And without a doubt, there would be a glorious change. Victoria sighed. (sighs) It was a good thing, she supposed. Change for the better and all that. It was her raison d'etre, she reckoned. Although she had some doubts as to what that actually meant, she'd heard it said enough in passing before her time in the building. She spoke the words as she walked away from the screams. Those were at least getting quieter and towards the lift.
0: Raisin
1: she said, sounding unsure and a little awkward. She shook her head and continued on to the lift. She didn't need to take the lift. She could appear on any floor she wanted simply by wanting to be there. But she liked riding it. She always had, although she couldn't say why. Maybe that was part of her...
0: Raisin Dex,
1: she said again, entering the lift... She twirled and looked at the list of buttons for the floors. They were all there, of course. But something was different. The screams down the hall lessened as the doors to the lift closed. What was different? Victoria frowned. All of the buttons were there, right where they always were. Good little buttons. But there was something more, too. Another button. One that had never, ever been there. Hello. Victoria said, frowning.
0: Where did you come from?
1: The top of the buttons began with nine, and usually ended with B. But this new button appeared between one and B. It simply read L. Victoria stared at the button. Where do you go? The button glowed as if she had pressed it. Her head snapped back up.
0: Well... I suppose we'll find out, won't we?
1: The lift moved, and Victoria stood in quiet anticipation as to what this floor could possibly be. She also wondered how something like this could happen in her building. She might become cross if it wasn't to her liking. Sometimes she liked being cross, but something like this had never happened, ever. It might be fun. Or annoying. It was seldom ever both. The lift slowed down, then stopped. The door slid open slowly and revealed a large, curved room. It was almost absurdly large, in fact. It seemed to go on forever. There were hundreds of candles, all lit and dripping with wax. The room, as large as it was, felt somewhat claustrophobic, and it was filled with books. Every square inch of shelving was simply packed with books of every variety. Some old, some new, some dilapidated, some in excellent shape. But they were everywhere. Victoria had never seen such a room, much less in her building. She didn't have the wherewithal to be scared. What was there, after all, that could scare her? Hello? She called.
0: What is this?
1: There was no answer, just the echo of her own voice.
0: All right,
1: she said, straightened her dress and stepped off the elevator. The doors closed immediately behind her. She turned and saw the lift was gone. Victoria frowned.
0: Cheeky lift,
1: she said quietly. She turned back and looked around. Off to the left was a rather large desk with a sign above it that read, "Quiet." written in large letters, with smaller letters below it. Victoria walked closer to read what they said, and to her surprise, they read, Under pain of death. Victoria (laughs) smirked.
0: Cheeky sign.
1: She walked to the very front of the desk and saw a small desk bell. A tiny sign next to it said, Ring for service. The rest of the desk was both organized and disheveled. Papers were stacked in neat piles, while other piles were charred and torn. The surface was highly polished wood that didn't have a speck of dust on it, but the words, ''Help me'' were carved into it crudely. A nameplate that was charred, and still seemed to be smoldering a little, sat on the desk. The name was unreadable, but underneath it, it read the word, ''Librarian.'' Victoria reached out and hit the bell sharply, twice. A creak was followed by a shriek-filled explosion of laughter. (laughs) A dark figure rose from behind the desk. Victoria felt her eyes go wide with surprise as the dark figure loomed over both her and the desk. It was a moldering corpse with a cravat and a dark suit, glasses and a never-ending rictus grin of gray broken teeth. (laughs) It laughed until it slowed nearly to a growl. It looked directly at Victoria and smiled. "Hello, Victoria!" She felt her face break into a wide smile. She saw the figure in front of her bathed in a green glowing light. A light, she knew came from her own eyes, as she squealed with joy. <laughs> Uncle!" she said, as two very long arms reached down and picked Victoria up and over the front of the desk. She hugged him tight, and he returned the hug in kind.
2: Why, I thought you'd never come. (laughs) It's been a small eternity since I've seen you.
0: When did you get here?
1: She asked excitedly.
0: How long have you been here? Why haven't you- Shh,
1: it doesn't matter, child. I'm here now, he said, and stood around the desk. And I heard you
2: sighing across the spectral prism. You've been sighing quite a lot, my dear.
1: Victoria's smile faded as did the green light from her eyes.
0: Oh, Uncle, I just don't know.
1: She sat down in a pouty lump and crossed her arms. You've gone all cross, the librarian said, slightly amused. Victoria said nothing.
2: Come and tell Uncle
1: all about it, he said, hopping up on the desk next to her. The two sat next to each other for a long while and said nothing. Victoria slowly leaned onto the librarian, who slipped a gentle, bony arm around her while she sobbed. They sat that way for a little while longer. Eventually, Victoria sat up and looked at the librarian.
2: Uncle, why are you here? Are you asking from a philosophical perspective? He smiled. Why are any of us here? That sort of thing? She giggled.
0: (laughs) No, well, maybe slightly, but really, why did you come?
2: There are only a few people in this vast cosmos that I truly get on with, dear girl. I can't recall who the others are at the moment, but you top the list,
1: he said, then leaned in close and smiled in a conspiratorial way, which Victoria loved. I'll tell a secret to you. It's really just you,
2: and I know when my sole friend isn't doing well. So, I came as soon as I heard. Heard what? Your sigh, I told you that. So quick as I could, I brought the library to you straight away.
1: Victoria smiled.
2: I've never actually been to your library.
0: How did you get it into my building?
2: Your uncle is as clever as a clever pie. But your uncle's library is wickedly clever. You're going to tell me it's magic, aren't you?
1: She said, smirking.
2: Well, neither one of us can deny magic, can we? I reckon not.
1: You reckon correctly. She looked at him for a moment.
2: What
0: is your raison d'etre?
1: The librarian's eyes widened and a smile broke out. Raison d'etre. He corrected gently. Oh, that's how you say it, Victoria said, smiling. The smile quickly faded.
2: Do you know what that word means, Victoria?
1: She nodded, then shrugged.
0: Well, sort of. It's my reason for
2: being, isn't it? It's the most important reason for one's existence. Why are you thinking about that?
0: I was doing what I do here, she said. Same as I always do. Same as it always is. Same as it's always been since I came here. The only reason why I'm here. And and that made me very sad. Hmm,
2: I see. And you wanted to know what my raison d'etre is, is that right? She nodded. Well, that's a very big question, dear girl, and quite an important one. Under normal circumstances, I would say you were too young for such things, but... You're officially several hundred and at least
1: nine years old, so it's a very valid question. The librarian slipped off the desk and stood in front of Victoria. He bent down to her, conspiratorially looking both ways first, as if anyone else could possibly be listening.
2: I'm going to tell you something you won't quite believe, but
1: I promise it's true. She leaned in closely.
2: Our collective raison d'etre
1: is appallingly random. She blinked, not quite sure what she had just heard.
2: What? Do you feel trapped, like you're doing things against your will? Like if someone came to your building and you decided not to see them, that they'd just go away?
1: Victoria frowned.
2: Well, no. And why is that?
0: Well, if I don't help them.
1: She stopped.
2: Who would? She nodded. Wait, that's it? I did say appallingly, didn't I? But that's so... Random. Just agree with me, the librarian said. Because there's more to go through. Trust me, it'll make some sort of sense. She slumped. Victoria, you provide something unique to the universe. You offer redemption, closure, balance. You offer the chance at the very least. That's an important thing, but it's only your raison d'etre if you choose it to be. You see, you get a choice, too. But I never asked for any of this,
1: she said, tearing up.
0: Not even in my worst thoughts would I have thought of this. Uncle, how is this my choice?
1: The librarian stood up.
2: Everything is a choice. Even if something happens to you against your will, it is entirely your choice as to what you do about it.
1: He turned his back on her and walked to a nearby shelf. He ran a gnarled finger over the spines until he found the book he sought. It was a half-rotted copy of A Tale of Two Cities. He held it up.
2: This library is full of stories, like you are, like I am like the people who pass through your building and travel on your lift. The book I'm holding didn't just materialize, it was forged into existence. It was written out of pain and agony by its author. Someone, dear Charles in this example, chose to write it. Now then, you were given a building and a lift. What are you doing with it? What are you making with it?
1: Victoria, in all her years, had never even thought about it. It was something she had always just done. Well... She started, but couldn't answer. I have my library, the librarian said, putting the book back onto the
2: shelf. I am a purveyor of fear. I frighten people with my stories. But I have always been a librarian, and I shall remain one if only to make people afraid. And do you know why?
1: Victoria shrugged her shoulders.
2: Because I choose to. I choose to be what I am. Is it raison d'être? Maybe. But only because I want to be
1: what I have become. Victoria slowly started to understand.
0: So... The building, the lift and all of it, doesn't have to be my reason for existence. However, I already have made it that way, haven't I?
1: The librarian nodded. And what else? Victoria looked up and around for a moment.
0: I, I don't know.
1: The librarian smiled. That's okay,
2: child. You don't have to know everything. Which is why your
1: uncle has a gift for you.
0: But, Uncle, what am I supposed to do? Hush,
1: he said. Don't be impatient. He reached into his coat pocket and pulled out an old steel key. A dim green glow reflected off the key.
2: It's a lovely old key. Of course, it's a key. But can you tell me what kind of key it is? She giggled.
0: <laughs> is it a magic key? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Of course it is, he said. Now then, let me explain. You have lots of questions and self-doubt, but that isn't a bad thing at all. However, should you get down about it, and you will, you can
1: simply come to my library. She took the key from her uncle and looked at it in amazement.
0: But your library isn't supposed to be in my building.
1: The librarian laughed.
2: (laughs) Dearest Victoria, have you heard yourself? It is your building. Nothing happens in here that you do not allow. It is, as you say, your building. What does that tell you?
1: Victoria bit her lip.
0: My building. My choice.
2: More importantly, your life. Or whatever you'd like to call it. Your
1: raison d'etre is exclusively and undeniably yours. Victoria let this settle in for a moment, as the librarian continued. My library, like you and I as well, fall
2: outside of conventionality. We exist where we shouldn't, and therefore we exist wherever we'd like. The library can be anywhere I choose it to be, much in the same way people find your building and choose their way out. Or, well, otherwise, shall we say. We are agents of things both chaotic and orderly, sometimes simultaneously. Order through chaos, as it were.
0: Sometimes I feel bad for them. Sometimes I don't want to do this.
2: The librarian nodded. And when that happens, you use that key. Use it on any door in your building and it will bring you here. Anytime you'd like. To see you. To see me
1: or to read, he said, opening his arms.
2: In spite of its wicked demeanor, at the end of the day, it is still a library. Books of all kinds. Not just the ones that the boils and ghouls clamor for.
1: he. <laughs> He laughed at his little pun. She looked at the key again.
2: What if I lose the key? The key will always find you when
1: you need it. Victoria smiled.
0: I would be utterly alone without you, uncle.
1: She said, standing up on the desk. Dear child, you will never be utterly alone. He said, hugging the girl. And you will always have your uncle whenever you need him.
0: But what if you're busy?
1: She asked, hugging him a little tighter. The librarian laughed, but it suddenly lacked its usual sinister quality. It sounded almost sweet.
2: (laughs) I shall never, ever be that busy, Victoria.
1: The librarian said in a voice she recognized as being his actual voice, the one he had hundreds of years ago when he was alive. She looked up, and for a moment saw the man he'd been before, a whole man, not a rotted corpse, and saw tears of joy run down his cheek for a split second. There was a smile, an actual smile, not a lack of flesh appearing to be a grin. His eyes were delighted and happy, not black holes with a pinprick of red burning light. She had gotten a glimpse of who he had been, before he changed back into the corpse-like thing that he was. And it didn't matter a single bit. This would always be her uncle, and she adored him as much as he surely adored her.
2: Well, my dear, it's nearly story time
1: somewhere, he said, and set Victoria on her feet.
2: You're welcome to stay as long as you'd like. Time isn't an issue here. You can leave whenever you'd like, and it will be but a second of time since you left your building. But my
1: raison d'etre is calling. Victoria sniffled a little, but smiled. She held the key up in front of her.
0: Any time?
1: she asked. The librarian bent down and kissed the top of her head. Any time at all, he whispered. She squeaked and ran toward a bookcase. <laughs> Where are you going? He called. To my lift. She called back. I believe it's over this way, he said, pointing a finger to the right of the desk. Victoria turned around, a smirk forming on her lips.
0: As you reminded me, dear uncle, this is my building, she said. And the lift is wherever I say it is.
1: From behind her, the doors to the lift opened. She backed into it, pushed a button, and blew the librarian a kiss. (laughs) <laughs> Cheeky girl. <laughs>